Welcome to the Faith and Money podcast, where we discuss how to apply biblical wisdom with your money practices. This is Keith Connolly, your host. I am a certified kingdom advisor and certified financial planner who specializes in providing financial advice to Christians so that they can do their wealth and money planning God's way. Uh, Today, we're going to discuss a definition of what it means to be a biblical financial steward. Uh, But before we begin, if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe uh, and feel free to share this podcast. It is always free uh, to listen uh, to our podcast as well as to read our content. If you have any questions or comments, I'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, you can email me at faithandmoneypodcast at gmail.com. So as with a lot of things, there are a variety of attitudes that Christians have towards money. Uh, There are Christians who take a poverty mindset or a greed mindset, uh, neither of which are biblical. When I talk to Christians off very often about money and, and the Lord. Uh, they are very quick to cite the the very true biblical teaching that we are to love God and not money, and that money, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, or sometimes they even misquote it and say that money is the root of all kinds of evil. Uh, there are a variety of mindsets that are circulating through our world. Uh, And what we know as Christians is that everything in this life is not neutral. There are always competing alternative viewpoints on everything in this world. And and it's never been more apparent with the rise of uh, the internet and social media. We see these competing mindsets with everything, whether it's education, healthcare, uh, the family, gender, and money is really no different. We need to be able to think biblically about our money and kind of weed out everything that is of the world regarding our money. Money is not bad. Uh, it is a tool, and we should be using it uh, to uh do biblical things like provide for our family uh, and to manage it for the Lord. Uh, We have a lot of competing mindsets here uh, in the world with our money. Uh, In the investing world, there's something called ethical social governance or ESG, which is a tiny minority of people attempting to politicize uh, your investment portfolio. And what they're doing is they're going into corporations and pressuring them to support things that would be against our faith. Things like uh, climate change initiatives, uh, they're trying to promote abortion, uh, and it's really uh, cost uh, the the corporations uh, a lot of time and money, and, and it's become increasingly politicized. The, the ESG community is really trying to tear down the foundations of our, which has held up our society together for thousands of years. Uh, and ESG, thankfully, is 
being shown to be the scam that it really is. But we need to not have a poverty mindset. We need to have a perception of wealth that is fun, fueled by the word of God, that is, that is compatible with the word of God. You know, one example is the perception of the American dream. The American dream says that if we work hard, we'll be independent and we can do whatever we want. But is that really what the word of God says? Now, mind you, I'm, I'm a very strong capitalist, and I do believe that we have the ability and, and, and should uh, build wealth by bringing value to our neighbors through our service or products. And I'm not against people becoming wealthy, but are we ever really truly independent, uh, even if we have more money than we could ever uh, use in one lifetime? And so as we discuss what it means to be a biblical financial steward, you know, let me just say this from the very beginning. This is too big of a discussion to provide in, in one podcast. We're going to set forth some principles and a foundations to start this discussion. And I would even argue that every podcast that I will ever do for faith and money is going to be in some way taking one small piece of what it means to be a biblical steward and further fleshing that out. The Bible's perspective on money is vast and thorough. Uh, very often, like I said before, you know, we know that the Bible tells us that we shouldn't love money, but the Bible actually speaks about money, wealth, and generosity over 2,350 times. The whole way from Genesis to Revelation, money is a very dominating topic. That doesn't mean that it's the most important topic, but it, what it says is that God cares about how we treat our money and how we use our money and, and how we think about our money. And it's incumbent upon us as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ to understand what those teachings of in the Bible are. Very often people are surprised when I tell them that the Bible tells them that we should diversify our investments. The Bible is teaches us that we should spend less than we earn and we should do it for a very long time. The Bible tells us that if we want freedom, we should learn how to give and be charitable and generous. Uh, and so it, we need to flesh out what those teachings are in the Bible. Uh, you know, defining stewardship needs to be succinct and understandable. And the way that I define biblical financial stewardship or just stewardship in general, because we steward lots of things. You know, we steward our relationship with our family, our marriages, our businesses, uh, our possessions, uh, our children. You know, it is incumbent upon us to manage how we raise our children and our grandchildren. We steward uh, our worship in churches. Uh, we steward our country. It is incumbent upon us that we use whatever it is in our possession uh, for the Lord. And so here's how I define biblical financial stewardship. Use of biblical financial stewardship is the use of God-given resources for the accomplishment of God-given goals and objectives. 
Put simply, you know, stewardship is managing our time, talent, and treasure for the Lord. And, and our money affects all of those things. If we build up treasure, then we have through our talents, then we have more time to devote to the service of the Lord and to give more towards the work of the Lord in other areas where we're not able to serve. You know, even our leisure and our entertainment is to be used for the use of God-given goals and objectives, whether it's the nurturing of financial or, or relationships within our family or our business, um, or to uh, provide relation, build relationships among Christians or even non-believers, you know, entertainment and leisure has a place in our world, and it is not bad in and of itself. Uh, but as we talk about being stewards, this is not meant to be just a head discussion. This really needs to be something that we have really focused in our hearts and, and use it to apply. You know, our discussion of biblical financial stewardship should influence how we live. And so when we talk about biblical financial stewardship, there are things that we need to know, there are things that we need to believe, and there are things that we should do. So knowing involves, you know, different perspectives, principles, and processes that we should do. Uh, and believing is believing that uh, having the conviction that we should implement what the Word of God says regarding these things. And and then it's not just believing and and knowing that we should do these things, but being a biblical financial steward means that we put these teachings that God has given us in his word into practice. And so here are a few things that we need to know about biblical financial stewardship. And again, this is just meant to be one episode of a podcast. There's no way that we could thoroughly talk about everything relating to biblical stewardship. But the first principle that I need you to know about being a biblical steward is that God owns everything. God created the heavens and the earth. It is his. You know, Psalm 50 says that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Everything is his. And so whatever you have in your possession is ultimately not yours. It is given to you to manage, it is given to you to use, but ultimately it is the Lord's. The Lord can give and take at any time, and we need to be cognizant of that. We need to know that the Lord has given us what we have for his use and his good pleasure. Uh, even if you look at First Chronicles 29, we'll see that everything in the earth is the Lord's. If we look at Jesus's parable in the Gospel of Matthew, the parable of the talents, the master gives the gifts to the servants, and it's the servants who manages them and grows them or doesn't grow them. We could talk about uh, that parable in a future episode, but you know the the master being the Lord. And we being the servants who were called to manage it, what it is that he has given to us, whether it's our time, talent, uh, or treasure. The second thing that we need to know about biblical financial stewardship is we have to answer two questions. And the first question is, how much is enough? 
And what that refers to is your lifestyle. We need to be able to answer as husbands, as married couples, and as families, how much is enough when it comes to our lifestyle? Are we living within our means? Are we able to manage our resources and our lifestyle in a way that would honor the Lord? And we'll definitely have a episode in the future on how to answer that question. But the next question that we need to answer is the next steward chosen and prepared. We've all heard the cliche saying, and I really don't like cliche sayings, but uh, we don't get to take our, our possessions with us. You know, he who dies with the most toys still dies. And so the next question is, have we chosen the next manager of what God has entrusted to us? And have we adequately prepared them to manage what it is that they will be entrusted with? This is really a huge passion of mine to work with intergenerational families, multi-generations of family, you know, grandparents, children, and grandchildren to see the wealth passed down through multiple generations and last the the fact is that wealth is squandered and wasted uh over and over and over as it's passed from one generation to the next and ultimately very little wealth goes from you know the grandparents to the children and the grandchildren by the time it reaches the grandchildren more oftentimes than not it's completely gone and you know, the Bible talks about the the godliness and, and the goodness of passing wealth from grandchildren or grandparents to grandchildren. Uh, and we should be implementing practices to prepare them not only to receive it, but also how to manage it. And my personal passion is working with these families to not only help them have the wealth to prepare to leave, but also how to it is to be left and to be replenished and continue to be grown. And there are many biblical ways to do that, but there's also a lot of planning, you know, financial planning that goes into that. You know, we also, we, not only do we need to talk about the taxation of leaving wealth or the kind of wealth or, or how to leave it, but we need to talk about what it's to be used for, how when it's to be used and who gets to use it. Uh, there's questions about, you know, the fairness. Do we leave, you know, 50% to children or do we leave more or less or do we give them unfettered access? Do they always get to use the money whenever they want? Uh, or do we set stipulations and, and uh, limitations on how that wealth could be accessed and used? Uh, these are, are very difficult discussions. And a lot of times it involves a lot of of prayer and wisdom and discernment to know how that wealth should be left and not squandered. We don't want to ruin our children and our grandchildren, uh, but we should implement practices uh, so that the ch children and grandchildren uh, don't think they've won the lottery and then end up losing the wealth. Uh, and so that's, that's really a huge a passion of mine in, in my practice. You know, here are a few things that we need to believe about stewardship. You know, first thing is that, you know, biblical stewardship is the one part of our discipleship of the Lord that can't be faked. 
And all I got to do is, is look at, at people's bank account and I'll know what their values are. Uh, you know, where, where they're spending their money shows where their heart is. Uh, and I do this on a, on a regular basis with my clients. And oftentimes, a lot of my clients get really annoyed because we talk about, you know, their cash flow and their budgeting. And they want to talk about more exciting things like investments and, and stocks. And, and, and really, you know, it's, those discussions are important and definitely a big part of what I do. Uh, but we also need to be able to know that we are accountable to the Lord on how we are using our money, which leads to my second point about what we need to believe. And the second point is that we need to believe that every financial decision is a spiritual decision. And, you know, and like I was talking about earlier, even entertainment is a spiritual decision. And, and a lot of times we get uh, as Christians, we feel guilt or shame about going to a movie or going on vacation, and those are not wrong, but we need to know why we're doing those things and what they, their purpose is. Uh, and the third thing that we need to believe is that God can take back whatever he's entrusted us whenever he wishes to do so. We are temporary managers. And you know, we need to believe that having an open hand with our wealth uh, is better than a closed fist. If, if we hold on to our wealth and are not open to what the Lord would have us to do with that wealth, ultimately what that shows us is that the money is our God and not the Lord. Uh, and I'm not saying squander it. I'm not saying give it away. I'm not saying pay more taxes than you should. I'm not even saying that you shouldn't plan to build wealth. But what I am saying is that we need to be accountable to the Lord and the opportunities that he gives us uh, to use it, and we should protect it. It is given to you by the Lord. We do believe in private property. Uh, and so, but we need to be accountable to the Lord for generosity uh, and willingness to part with that wealth for the work of the Lord. Uh, and so here are five things that I want you to believe that the Bible teaches and how we should think of our money as biblical stewards. So here are five things. The first is that our giving should be proportionate to our income. Uh, if you look in the book of Proverbs, uh, the, the sage in, in Proverbs talks about the ants and storing up for a later day and the foolishness of consuming everything that we eat or, or earn. Uh, and what that means is that our second point, that we ought to have a controlled lifestyle. We need to be limiting how much we're spending and not just consuming all of our paycheck. We need to be able to save and to give. Uh, the third point that we need to believe is that taxes ought to be paid in gratitude. Now, I'm not saying that you should pay as much taxes as you can, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't make steps to pay as little taxes as you should. I believe that being a biblical steward means you pay as little taxes as possible, but you ultimately know that when God blesses you with a great income, that we pay whatever taxes we ought 
in gratitude. And we could definitely have a whole episode, maybe even numerous episodes on the biblical view of taxes. And, and I would have a lot to say about that. Uh, but ultimately, when we pay taxes and nobody likes paying taxes, we ought to do it in gratitude because it's a sign of our provision uh, that God has provided to us. Uh, the fourth point is that we ought to believe that as for those of us who are married, we ought to work together with our spouses or as individuals if we're not married in setting long-term financial goals. Uh, and we could definitely have a podcast in the future uh, on retirement and setting what and and how to set godly long-term goals, but we ought to have long-term goals. And the fifth point is that we ought to be accountable. You know, part of what I do as a financial advisor isn't always just picking one stock or or one uh, strategy over another, but it's it's helping my clients, you know, after they've set their long-term goals to be held accountable so that they actually, implement the steps and follow through with what they say they're going to do with their money. It's very often that we have uh, good motivations we have great intentions. I I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to do the estate plan later. I'm going ahead and get life insurance, but not now. It's not a good time. But the, the financial advisor who has your best interest at heart is going to gently hold you accountable. I don't yell at my clients. I don't punish my clients, but I definitely, you know, give them a timeline on things that they need to accomplish and when they need to do it. And I'll ask them, hey, how's it going with getting your estate plan done? How's it going uh, with, uh, you know, work looking for a higher paying job? You know, whatever it is that they need to do, I'm definitely going to be having those conversations. And just knowing that I'm going to have those conversations with them and ask those questions is usually good enough for a lot of my clients to actually do it. And, and, and that's a win. And so what kind of things do people who understand biblical stewardship do? So now we're moving on to the final part of the of today's podcast, and that's the application of how we live our lives as biblical financial stewards. Uh, you know, and, you know, the first point is spending less than you earn, doing it for a long time. The Bible says that the best way to build wealth is to spend less than you earn and to do it for a long time. I talk to a lot of people who are, uh, you know, very committed to finding the next big stock pick that's going to double in six months, or they go into very risky investments because they want to get rich quick for a small amount of money. And those methods of building wealth ultimately, according to the Bible, fail. You might get a good high for a while, but then if we're investing or, or looking for strategies to get rich quick, it usually ends up in ruin. Uh, the next point of uh, things that we need to do is we need to avoid debt as mostly as possible. Now, in past episodes, we talked about um, good debt and bad debt and whether or not debt is sinful. Uh, if, you need, if you haven't listened to those episodes, go back and listen. Uh, but then... Uh, the third point, which kind of le is led into that uh, on the debt point, is that we ought to build margin. And what that means is that we ought to have cash available. Uh, and it doesn't mean that we shouldn't have investments. It doesn't mean we shouldn't have 401ks or, or retirement funds uh, or real estate. But having cash available 
uh, or liquid as we call it, meaning it's it's not uh, accounted for some other purpose for the next six to 12 months, we have readily access to it without penalty is a biblical concept. And so having that emergency fund, which is a biblical concept, is very important that we do. Um, and the fourth point is, you know, setting long-term goals. We need to understand that the longer-term perspective we have with our, our goals, the better. Uh, and, you know, when we talk about investing, we often say, you know, we're not investing for, you know, three years or, or next year, and, and what the stock market does tomorrow is not important. But and, you know, we need to be investing for decades and not just for, you know, days or months. That That's important and, that, and that's a good point. But as Christians, we ought to be setting our minds on our hearts on eternal perspectives with our money. How is this money going to eternally um, benefit uh, the work of the kingdom of God? Uh, I got yelled at the other day by some people on social media because, uh, they said that God doesn't need our money. And and to that, I say, amen. And they weren't happy with something that I said about money on social media uh, and, and the work of the Lord. And, and it's true. The Lord doesn't need our money. But at the same time, God uses means. Um, and God uses our service, which he doesn't need. He uses our lips, which he doesn't need. God doesn't need anything from us, but he brings us into his story and uses whatever it is that we have, our time, talents, and treasures to further the work of his kingdom. And so when we set long-term goals, we ought to have that eternal perspective in mind. Uh, and so the fifth point uh, before we close up today um, is that the first the fifth thing that we ought to do as faithful biblical financial stewards is that we ought to be giving generously, giving to our church, giving to biblical ministries, uh, being generous with our loved ones, uh, with our time, talent, and treasure. And we will definitely hit on that later um, and how to determine how much to give and who to give to. These are really important questions. And even a, another really important question for high net worth believers is how to give. Do we give cash? Do we give real estate? Do we give uh, contributions from our IRAs or our 401ks? These are very uh, difficult discussions, and, and and they need to be sorted out by a competent financial advisor uh, for these high net worth Christians. But generosity is a sign that we are not beholden or tied to our money, but that we ultimately know that it is the Lord's. Uh, if you've benefited from this discussion today, it's been a bit of a monologue today. I uh, hope to uh, get a new podcast host, co-host here soon. But if you have any questions or have benefited, please reach out to me at faithandmoneypodcast at gmail.com. In the meantime, uh, thank you for listening and look forward to discussing these topics with you in future episodes.